Welcome to a special episode of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry focusing on God's unconditional love and grace. Today we're continuing to bring you highlights from the 2018 Healing is Here conference held at Andrews Karras Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. If we deal with the sin problem, we've dealt with the sickness problem. And now here's Andrew. Welcome to a special edition of the Gospel Truth Broadcast. Today, we're going to be playing some more excerpts from our 2018 Healing is Here conference. And today, we're going to be uh, showing you Barry Bennett's teaching. Uh, it was powerful. We saw so many lives changed, and Barry Bennett is just a great, great blessing to me. He's one of our resident teachers. He's the dean of our teachers at Karis Bible College, and I tell you, he's just a powerful guy. He's fluent in Spanish. He was a missionary in Chile, and he is just a blessing. So watch this as we play some of Barry Bennett's teaching from our Healing is Here conference in 2018. Amen. Good morning. Praise God. This has been good. I tell you what, it's been hard for me to sit there and sit still. Uh, I keep everything they say, I want to preach that. I, no, I want to preach that. I want to preach that. I hope they don't preach that. And, uh, so, and I know Audrey's probably feeling the same way. And, uh, but uh, this is exciting. It's exciting to be in the presence of God. It's exciting to be in the presence of, of all of you and the, and the expectation that's here. Uh, this is super. This is, this, is, this is where it happens. This is where it happens. And I believe it's, it's happening right now as we speak. In, I have a, one of my favorite verses uh, of many uh, in Luke, uh, Luke 5.15 where it says that uh, concerning Jesus and his ministry and multitudes following him, and it says, and they came to hear him and to be healed. They came to hear him and to be healed. And Daniel and, and Carly were saying something earlier. Just because we understand something doesn't mean we possess it yet. And we have a week here, four, four full days of hearing. And my prayer for each one of you, not is just, you know, obviously I want your understanding improved. We all want more understanding. But each of us needs to hear him, not just with our physical ears, but with our spirit. Our spirit needs to be quickened this week. And one quickening moment, one nanosecond of revelation will heal you. It will heal you. We need to come to hear him and to be healed. That was how Jesus ministered. He preached the kingdom, he healed the sick. They heard the word, faith was born in their hearts. They expected to be healed. I wanna take, and I know everyone in, that's, that's ministering this week, we, we need to take healing out of the realm of the mystical, of the superstitious, of the well maybe and sometimes and who knows and if I hold my mouth right and if I hop on one leg and, and, and do a dance and if I fast for 40 days, maybe. No, we, we need to take healing out of that realm of this who knows what God is going to do and we need to take this back onto a, a fundamentally solid foundation of it is already accomplished. It is already finished. There is no if, ands, and buts about this. Healing is yours. Healing is available just as much as salvation from sin is available to every person on this earth. There is nothing mystical about it. 
We've created some mysticism around it, some superstitions, but we want to do away with that. And I, you know, in, in, the, in the moments I have with you this morning, then I get to be back tonight. I can hardly wait. I'm going to try not to preach tonight's message today. Uh, but you don't want to miss it. But I want to go over some, some things with you. If some of you, hopefully some of you are taking notes, I'm going to give you some things to write down. All right? So if you will, go with me to Mark chapter 2. Now when I read out of the Bible, I'm reading King James. When I read from my notes, I'm reading New King James. Uh, just deal with it, okay? <laughs> All right? I'm, I'm in a transition period, okay? All right, so Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum. After some days, it was noted uh, noise that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. There, there's the preaching of the word, the hearing of the word. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh him for the press, they uncovered the roof. So you can picture them going through the crowd, finding a way up onto the roof and beginning to, to pull the roof apart. They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, there's a whole message right there, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now I teach this in my healing course and in other messages, but I'm, I'm sure that came to him as a bucket of cold water. Like, yeah, okay, but that's not why I'm here. My sins are forgiven, but that's not why I just went through this ordeal of being let through a hole in the roof. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the sick with the palsy, thy sins be forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? Okay, quick pop quiz. In today's church world, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. Someone asked, how many of you came with some kind of affliction last night or yesterday? And they said 80% of the hands went up. That should not be the state of the church. James asks in James chapter five, is there any sick among you? As if that would be an exception. Today the question is, is there anyone here who's not sick? There is something wrong in the body of Christ. And we have not understood what was accomplished for us on the cross. Jesus said, what is easier to say? So let's, let's continue reading. I'll go back to verse nine. Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He says to the sick of the palsy, I say to thee, arise, take up thy bed and go thy way uh, unto thy house. And he gets up and everybody marvels. Jesus is making a point here that we need to understand. He is tying healing to forgiveness of sin. He is saying that if his sins are forgiven, then the healing issue is dealt with. Righteousness trumps sickness. 
And when sickness is forgiven, that's the power of righteousness at work. I have authority on earth to forgive sin. Let me show you, get up. Because why? If you've dealt with the root, you've dealt with the fruit. How did sickness get into the earth to begin with? Sin, sin opened the door to death and sickness is incipient death or sickness is death in its first stages. Every sickness exists to steal, kill and destroy. Every sickness, if it could, would kill you. Even the common cold, if if it could, it would kill you. If you're in a weakened state, it could kill you. Sickness is, is part of the power of darkness. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. And he says, if, if your sins are forgiven, then the root of the problem, that which allowed the problem into creation, if that has been dealt with, then the symptoms of the problem have been dealt with. Let me show you, says Jesus to the scribes. He says, what's easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? And they're all thinking, who knows what they're thinking, but I know what we're thinking in our day. It's a lot easier to say your sins are forgiven. There's no proof in the pudding there. But to show you the power of forgiving sins, watch this, get up, take up your pallet and go home. Demonstrating that the physical healing power was directly tied to the invisible forgiving power. And that when the forgiving took place, the healing was a byproduct. If we would understand this, how many of you in this room are a new creation? Righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? Not so many hands on that one, okay. That's the problem, okay. If we would understand that, that when our sins got forgiven and we became a new creation, the righteousness of God in Christ, a new creation, it says in Ephesians, I believe, created in righteousness. Sin lost its authority. Write this down. If you're, if you're taking notes, write this down. Sickness must submit to righteousness. Sickness must submit to righteousness. The authority of darkness, including sickness, the authority is sin. Or in other words, apart from sin, sickness and darkness have no authority. Sin is their authority. And I'm not necessarily speaking of personal sin, though that can be an area to talk about, but sin in the earth, sin in the human race, what sin has done to creation, sin is the authority for sickness to exist. Therefore, if we deal with the sin problem, we've dealt with the sickness problem. The moment you got born again, you had the authority to take up your pallet and walk. It's as if, if you get a new, when I, when I uh, they mentioned that I've changed positions, after seven years as dean of students, there was a coup. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so I'm not that anymore. I am now the Dean of Instructors. And uh, so anyway, I'm looking forward to a, a, new, a new year of new challenges and new opportunities. It's gonna be great. But with the title of Dean of Students, with the job of Dean of Students, the most important part of that is that I got a parking spot. 
My park, I'm right out back. First, first car right out the door, that's my spot, number 77. Blessed, blessed number, amen? With the job came a parking spot. Anybody following me? With the forgiveness came healing. Now, you know what upsets me? I'm a, I'm a pretty calm person. I'm friendly, I'm warm and fuzzy. But when I drive up there and somebody's in my parking spot. I'm on the phone to security. Security, do you know somebody's in my spot? When you got forgiven, you got a parking spot. Don't let any sickness park in your spot. They go together. If you got forgiven, you got healed. Don't let something park in your body that's not supposed to be there. Take authority over that. Praise God. All right. Go with me to Luke 13, verse 16. Luke 13, verse 16. I won't read the whole passage. There was a woman who had been bent over for 18 years. And Jesus saw her in the synagogue. And as I understand it, the synagogue was divided into two sections, and so she's on the female side. And he sees her and calls her to himself, which was a a major act of faith on her part to even come to him in front of the whole thing. And he gets into this debate with the Pharisees and the religious. And it says in Luke 13, verse 16, then should not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound these 18 years, be loosed from this bondage on the Sabbath. There's a lot going on in that verse. They're upset that he may heal her and he may do it on the Sabbath. Okay, that's, that's a message there. I'm not gonna go there. He says, then should not this woman, point one, he is going to, and I teach this in one of my courses, elevate the position of women through this. Women were second class citizens or worse. And so he's pointing out she's a woman. Should not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. Now this is the first time we ever find anyone use that phrase. We are children of Abraham, the seed of Abraham, sons of Abraham. No one has ever pointed out that a woman is a daughter of Abraham. Daughter of Abraham. Whom Satan has bound, so he has identified the problem. And here's, a, here's an interesting question. Why, why did Jesus have multitudes of people to heal? Why were there multitudes that were sick in Israel in his day? Well, read Deuteronomy 28. What is the conclusion? They were all lawbreakers. That's why they were sick. If they had been heeding the voice of God, they wouldn't be sick. And they weren't. And so all of these sicknesses existed in Israel, and you have to come to the conclusion it's because they were breaking the law, the law of Moses. And yet that didn't stop him from healing everyone that came to him. Let me say this. We've heard these testimonies of people that have built a strong foundation in the word of God so that when the storm comes, they have something to stand on, to hold, cling to, to speak. They know what to do. And some of you in this room are thinking, but I don't have a foundation. Am I out of the picture here? 
There is grace for you right now. The people that came to Jesus didn't have a strong foundation. They were lawbreakers. The woman with the issue of blood had gone to every physician around, spent all her money on doctors. Jesus did not get offended. There is grace for you whether you have a strong foundation right now or not. Healing is for you because if you've been forgiven, you've been healed. (laughs) Praise God. And so he refers to her as a daughter of Abraham. And he says, should not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, what does that mean? In other words, there is a covenant that precedes the law that is a better covenant upon which the new covenant is birthed. We are children of Abraham, seed of Abraham, blessed. Jesus doesn't refer to the law covenant when he describes her condition. He takes her back to the Abrahamic covenant and refers to her and identifies her as a member of that covenant of promise. He doesn't even refer to the fact that she's bent over and and oppressed by a demonic force because of the law. He doesn't go there. There's grace for you folks. He takes it back to the better covenant. And in taking it back to the better covenant, he says, should not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound these 18 years because of the law, he could have said that, because of the law, she's been bound for 18 years, but she's a daughter of Abraham. There's something better than the law. Shouldn't she be loosed from this bondage? Sickness is never referred to as a blessing in the Bible. It's always a curse, it's oppression, it's bondage, it's affliction, it's never a blessing. It's never a blessing. Shouldn't this daughter of Abraham be loosed from this bondage on the Sabbath? Write this down if you're taking notes. A covenant of blessing is stronger than the power of darkness. A covenant of blessing, the covenant of Abraham, is stronger than the power of darkness. this, This came to me the other day and I wrote this on one of my Facebook pages. When the power of sin was broken and guilt free living became available through faith in Jesus, sickness lost its authority. Let me say it again. When the power of sin was broken on the cross and guilt-free living became available through faith in Jesus, sickness lost its authority. How many of you have experienced guilt-free living? Uh, There's some wavering out there. Did you know that if you've been justified by the blood of Jesus and you have faith in that blood, you should be sin conscious free, free from sin consciousness. You shouldn't do guilt. Don't do guilt. Don't go there. You you may have a past, I have a past, everybody has a past. Your past isn't gonna heal you. Being free from the power of sin will heal you. Understanding that when you were forgiven, you got a parking spot. You got healed. Healing is yours. And if you have a covenant, a better covenant than that of the law, and everyone in this room does, we've never been under the law to begin with. 
We are children of Abraham. Better than, yet, better than that, we are the new creation. We have the better covenant established upon better promises, Hebrews 8, 6. And these promises have been given to us to help us escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Second Peter uh, 1, 2 through 4. We've got a better promise. We have a better covenant. So a covenant of blessing is stronger than the power of darkness. Getting ahead of myself here. Go to Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. It says, I love this. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, and this is New King James, says translated us in, in King James, conveyed us unto the, into the kingdom of the son of his love, and King James says his dear son, that word dear, or son of his love, that word is agape. Agape. He has conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We've already discussed what happens with forgiveness of sins. Healing. Let me take these in reverse. We have been forgiven of our sins. We have been redeemed unto him. We belong to him now, adopted into his family. We have been delivered from the power of darkness and we have been conveyed into his kingdom. Man, there's a lot there. We've been forgiven, but not only that, folks. We've been redeemed unto him, we are his possession. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. Let's talk about that a minute. Let's talk about kingdoms and cultures. Every kingdom has a culture. The power of darkness has a culture. The kingdom of God has a culture. We were missionaries for many years in, in South America, mostly in Chile, 12 years approximately in Chile. And when I went to, when I took my family, we went to Chile, my goal was to become enculturated. Or in other words, I wanted to become like them because I wanted to reach them. And so we spent years in Chile and we learned the culture. I had to, I had to change some things about the way I do things because the culture is different. I had to relearn how to drive a car. I, I had to learn how to be very aggressive. I enjoyed that. It's kind of like the Indianapolis 500 in a city of five million people with no freeways, okay? It was far out, it was cool. Uh, I had to relearn how to cross a street and survive, okay? Look like American Ninja Warrior. To cry. I, had to, I had to learn the culture. I had to learn the food and what, what they eat. But what's the most important thing about a culture that you, that you have to learn? The language. The language is the culture. And so we had to learn Spanish. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow as we continue bringing you highlights from Karis Bible College's 2018 Healing is Here Conference. 
I'd like to encourage you to get our Healing is Here materials. We've got it in deep in CDs right here. We also have DVDs that were made at the conference, and we also have a USB here where you can get the entire conference on there. And I tell you, this was powerful. We saw lots of people healed. And the way that Daniel Amstutz and Carly Teradell's ministered along with all of our other guests and Audrey Mack. It was just a powerful time. You won't want to miss it. Our healing is here either on CD, DVD, or USB. Today, you viewed a portion of the 2018 Healing is Here conference. This conference in its entirety is available on either a CD or DVD album or on a USB drive for a gift of $49 or more when you contact us. This valuable product includes 16 powerful teachings that will build your faith to receive your own healing and help you minister healing to others. Also available is the free God Wants You Well booklet. This booklet answers common questions about healing and includes a list of every time Jesus healed someone in the Bible. This valuable resource is available to you for a limited time, free of charge on our website at awmi.net. This offer is limited to one free booklet per household. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download many free resources or call our helpline at 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember, you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. If you'd like to write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We're standing now on the fourth level of our parking garage. I know that there's a lot of noise going on, but man, this is construction. It's music to my ears. And we're just about a month away from being able to occupy this. So as you can see, there's a lot of open space right here. You can see where the ramp is here, how that you go down between the levels. We're facing right now, you are looking uh, west, but behind us on the very first level, we have our one entry down on the bottom level and that's where you enter. Over on the north side, we have an entry on the second level. And then over on the far west side, we have an entry on the third level. So we'll have three different entry points into this. And down on the second level, we have two entrances on the second level where you walk directly into our building. We also have another entrance on the third level that for security reasons will only be opened up to our CBC staff and our phone center people. So again, I've mentioned this before, but for maybe those of you that haven't heard, I did go into debt on this parking garage. I didn't plan on it, but it just happened. And we are believing to get this paid off just as quickly as we possibly can. So if you haven't yet become a part of this, I would really encourage you to do it. So God bless you, we'll give you another update in about a month and we should either be occupying this or right on the verge of occupying it by then. God bless you and thank you for being a part of this.
ministry is about you coming to the end of yourself, but never losing that heart for people. I think we are in the midst of one of the greatest things that God has done. New things are being birthed. There's new joy, there's new life that is flowing out of them. And we're not going to quit, and we're not going to give up, and we're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You came here with some kind of a vision. Now what do you see?